when we can acknowledge a tree, and this is why at Niwas in yoga ecology, we practice tree puja, because the tree is always dharmic. It is always doing exactly what it needs to in the moment, whether it's protecting itself or growing or conserving its energy or blossoming or offering its energy to the tree next to it who is in the shade and doesn't get as much nutrients or if it's talking to the, to the fibrous uh, fungi that, that networks everything under the ground. It's always doing exactly what it needs to in the moment. So this is a wonderful thing for us to start to entrain to. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciate, and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello everyone, this is Chai, a longtime student of Ishtadev Niwas, and I am so excited about this episode. It is jam-packed with one of the main secrets of how to live a fully embodied life. Lean in and listen really closely, as Sanyasi Shivani describes entrainment as the process of surrendering the boundary of our individual soul, or Atma to a frequency that is in dharma, like a guru, or nature. To be in dharma means to be living in full potential. Just as she described the tree, so can we live in our dharma as a natural part of earth. As we move into this new paradigm, we need to learn how to entrain to frequencies higher than where we currently are in. The higher frequencies are a relaxed, calm, balanced, directional, fully aware and fully alive state of being. And as we entrain to these, we can bring more health to the planet and to all of those around us. Also in this episode, Sanyasi Shivani walks us through the technique and the gratitude for entraining to a guru or to nature so that we can listen to the messages that spirit is constantly giving us. This is a tool that is applicable in so many areas, like counseling, parenting, teaching, even dog training. Basically, it is a tool that will serve in all of our daily interactions. By holding a calm and fully aware state of being affects all who are around us. It is a state of good health, 
that we can share simply by being. We hope you start using this secret right away and experience its benefits. Namaste, everybody. Uh, this is Sanyasi Shivani. Um, welcome to our next K to D lecture. Uh, today, I've, I've, I've been putting off making this lecture for about a month, um, wondering whether or not it was like an appropriate topic or uh, if it was um, too esoteric or if it was um, beyond what is needed. But it just keeps coming back to me that. This is what needs to be uh, within people's vision, within their, um, even if it's peripheral vision, that, uh, that this needs to be on your radar uh, consciously. And, and of course, my feeling is, as if you're doing K2D, um, then this is probably already part of your toolbox, but I'm not sure if it is completely intentional. And, and that is the concept of entrainment, uh, the difference between entrainment and empathy and boundaries and, uh, and sensitivity. Um, but as we move into this new paradigm of consciousness, as we move into this um, new embodiment of the heart, the foundation of the heart, um, the concepts of the heart beyond lip service have to be really, uh, they have to be embodied. And this is very challenging when you are running two, sometimes two different um, paradigms, you know, a very third dimensional paradigm and, and then this, this more fifth dimensional paradigm. And, and there is this place where we have to choose. And, you know, we were talking about that a few months ago um, at the beginning of spring. So, Entrainment, what does this mean in terms of Anahat Chakra? Now, Anahat Chakra, of course, is the foundation of the fifth dimensional paradigm, right? The dimensions, the two different dimensions within your spinal column are um, have a boundary, which is the diaphragm. Now, if, you, if anybody who has experienced cancer knows that sort of stage one and stage two, um, uh, for some cancers, same stage one and stage two cancer uh, is when the cancer is located either above the diaphragm or below the diaphragm, but it hasn't crossed that barrier within the body. Um, and then stage three, four, um, depending on which cancer it is, uh, is, is when you have metastasized beyond the diaphragm barrier. Now, this is really interesting because from a yogic perspective, what you're looking at then is a multi-dimensional uh, system shutdown, right? And that's not good. That's really hard to uh, recalibrate to, to and train out of. So if yoga is all like, if you remember last month when we were looking at uh, mantra and the advanced mantra um, concepts of entrainment, basically what I was talking about was entrainment there. But we use, we, it's like our asana on the mat. We learn something on the mat so that we can practice it off the mat. We learn awareness and witnessing and breath, um, precision of breath and precision of movement and focusing the mind. And we practice all of these things on our mat in our asana practice and in our sadhana. I hope that's going well, by the way. Um, so that we can practice it off the mat. 
because off the mat is when we start really um, interacting with a lot of levels of consciousness that don't have the level of awareness um, that yoga teaches. And this is the same with entrainment, but I find it's a little bit more, um, I don't want to say advanced, but it's, you have to have your ducks in a row first, no? You have to have, have laid the foundation with your practices and with your sadhana and with your training. So when we're talking about entrainment through mantra of connecting to the frequency, enveloping ourselves in the frequency, dissolving into the frequency of the mantra that we are stimulating with whichever mantra that is, um, that is basically like on the mat. That is our practicing it on the mat. And what I wanted to explore a little bit today was about that same sort of practice um, off the mat and how we bring it actually out into our world so that we can start moving and embodying in our world from this foundation of the heart. Now, please, 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 please. Do not mistake me saying the foundation, living from a foundation of the heart, meaning that we're discounting the work, the embodiment, and the mastery of the first three chakras. Let me say this very clearly. You cannot live from a foundation of the heart if the first three chakras have not been calibrated into their optimal frequency for your embodiment at this time. Okay, so what, what do I mean by that? I mean, you cannot live from a foundation of the heart and still be in fear. Uh, you cannot live from a foundation of the heart and still act from guilt. You can't live from a foundation of the heart and seek control um, or be embodied by anger. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't experience those things because I think those things are very much of, a, of the human uh, condition. Um, but there is a difference from unconsciously perpetrating a reality from those places that you use those places to step forward from. There's a difference between that and experiencing those things, witnessing them, not identifying with them, choosing the opposite, calibrating to the opposite, and then creating your reality from there. One uh, the, like the anger, the guilt, and the fear when we experience them as yogis who have um, uh, who have done the work, let's say, as Byron Katie would call it, uh, who have done the work, um, we still experience those things, but we don't buy into them. We don't let the energy of them be the foundation from which we create our reality. We allow them to be transient uh clouds passing in our day yes we experience them we feel them we acknowledge them but we don't then just start making decisions from that place we know that there has to be a gap between feeling angry and deciding what to do about the situation that has brought up the feeling of anger in us um if this stuff seems a, a little I'm, I'm hoping that this stuff is is very uh um common sense to you if mm. if these concepts are a little uh uh making you wonder what i'm talking about uh the advanced chakra immersion this is where we get this entire skeleton and, and embodiment of work uh in the in the chakra immersion and i think it's august um but this is this is where this embodiment of work comes from 
And so, of course, in this lecture, I'm, we're, we're offering something. What is the next? What is beyond that? So with Anahat Chakra, the foundation of love, it's Anahat literally means one struck sound, uh, unstruck sound, which means that there is no other to strike against, which means it is the foundation of Atma Bhav, which means we do not have the, we do not have the, the thing to push against we see all as the self and that can be very challenging if the ego in Manipura chakra which is the next chakra down is still trying to be right is still trying to be acknowledged is still trying to uh, have control is still trying these things this is where it um pushes up against I always think of Anahat chakra is like um Neo in the matrix you know like when they're being shot at and he just does like that crazy move where he's like bending backwards so fast that it looks like it's in slow motion and just like bypassing all of the bullets. That is what it feels like when you're living from the heart, when you're surrounded by people that are not quite there yet is because they're still trying to push against and you're just very slowly, so clearly seeing it coming your way. And no, I'm not a master of this yet. I'm working on it. Um, is that you, you dodge you just you just let it go past and you understand why it's coming at you but you don't stand in its way and let it push up against you you just you just do that slight shoulder movement and let the the bullet like slide straight past you and then you address it afterwards yeah so um in entrainment in my understanding of the teachings and in the way that I have experienced it and in, in the way that I'd like to propose it to you today, entrainment is about softening our concept of individual solo jiv atma to the frequencies that are in dharma. Okay, I'm going to see if I can say that again. If not, you can just rewind it. <laughs> All right. Entrainment is softening the experience of softening the concept of the Jeev Atma or the individual soul and surrendering that boundary to a frequency that is in Dharma, which means that is in fullest potential. Now, of course, we do that in the presence of Swami Satsangi and Swami Naranjan. Hopefully, we have enough awareness to be able to consciously do that, where the frequency that is coming from these masters um, is something that we aspire to entrain to. And in that, by softening our concept of self, by softening the ego, by surrendering in that um, way, we are, um, we are allowing the, the, the predominant frequency to infiltrate our, our energy body, okay? Now, I really want you to understand, I'm talking about using uh, the dharmic frequencies of mastery to help you up your game, to help you calibrate higher to where your regular frequency is. And now, of course, I've already explained in depth how to do this using mantra, right? But that is, as I have said, is on the mat. When we do it uh, in the, at, the, at the foot of guru, when we do that in the presence of a master, we are doing it with uh, 
to to entrain to the frequency of mastery or the guru tatwa through another human being now of course from an ego perspective from a western perspective from somebody who has never experienced this that's a big ask because what you're asking is to surrender at the foot of another human being because that's all the western mogul mind can perceive is the outside world of i am surrendering to you you don't understand it that what you were acknowledging is the frequency that they are embodying that they have put the sense of self and their egos to such a crucial but very small part of their embodiment that what you are entraining to what you are calibrating to is the guru tatwa that pervades all so what you're actually surrendering to is your higher self that you have not yet learned how to calibrate to. And that is what we call the Guru Tatwa. The Guru Tatwa that is embodied in Sumay Satsangi is the same frequency of the Guru Tatwa that is embodied in me. This is why they say the Guru is on the inside. But if you close your eyes, how do you see which one is the blue sunflower? You can't. You have to learn how to identify something you've never experienced through very small embodiments of experience. And just the concept, the opening up to the concept of things that seem very foreign. And, and this is what entrainment at this level that I believe that we're working with right now is what is being asked of us is to say, okay, well, I don't know how that works, but what if I try? What if I'm just even just open to the concept of entrainment to dharma? Entrainment to mastery, entrainment to enlightenment, entrainment to the guru tatwa. And, and so this is, this is what I believe in my direct experience is the gift of being, uh, of being uh, initiated by a, a guru, is that you then have the ability and the capacity and the possibility of surrendering and learning how to put that ego self to the side enough for the entrainment of mastery, right? Because we're all just atoms. We're all just calibrations floating through space. So that which is the dominant frequency is what everything else will be calibrated to, right? That is what we calibrate to, and that calibration creates a reality, right? So, for example, like if you look at nature, when the temperature of the earth gets cold and the snow and the water freezes and turns into snow, the, the frequency of the water slows down into solidity. And therefore, everything else in nature, the trees, everything that has a water element, including ourselves, we slow down in our calibration and i'm not saying lowering the calibration i'm saying slowing it down so that it is still in harmony with everything else there's no trees that are like calibrating higher trying to push new growth in the middle of winter that would be ahadharmic not in dharma because the earth is calibrating at a specific level and the trees would be trying to calibrate at a higher level it's not how it works. We have to learn how to calibrate to all the same level for the 
potential for the um, perfection of the moment. So in winter, things slow down. In spring, things lighten up. In summer, they're full tilt and, and fruiting and blossoming. And so as humans, being that we're like, you know, like 80 or 90% water, don't quote me on that because I'm, I'm not a statistics person. Um, we are the same, right? We're the same. So it's the same when you go to an ashram like Niwa. So if you go to an ashram like Rikia, the predominant frequency that is dharmically embodied within the land, within the space, is what you have an opportunity to calibrate to, to entrain to. That's why we go to ashram, to learn how to entrain. Because when you learn how to entrain to the highest dominant frequency, which hopefully is guru or sadhana or the teachings, then that is what how we use ashram as a platform for evolution to upping our own game because we are having opportunities to dissolve into frequencies that we have not been able to stimulate inside of ourselves by ourselves and this is why we use guru not everybody can go to india and sit in the foot of swami satsangi or swami naranjanji so how do we do this and how does this tie into yoga ecology well I'm pleased you asked because this is what I feel that we, especially in the West, are having an opportunity to do um, right now. And that is to learn how to entrain to nature because the colors of Anahat Chakra, where we are all one community beyond the individual, beyond the, in, uh, the ego, um, or with at least ego in right relationship because it's still connected to Manamaya Kosha. I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, is that the entrainment is at the frequency of pink, which is unconditional love, and green, which is gratitude. And of course, the frequency of earth, especially in the forest, in the boreal forest where Niwas is, the predominant frequency is green just by the trees. And so this is the level of the heart that we're being asked to live from and so when we can acknowledge a tree and this is why niwas in yoga ecology we practice tree puja because the tree is always dharmic it is always doing exactly what it needs to in the moment whether it's protecting itself or growing or conserving its energy or blossoming or offering its energy to the tree next to it who is in the shade and doesn't get as much nutrients or if it's talking to the to the fibrous uh, fungi that that networks everything under the ground it's always doing exactly what it needs to in the moment so this is a wonderful thing for us to start to entrain to and how do we do that we do that by learning how to, first of all, just like with our mantra, regulate our own breathing, regulate the frequency of the vrittis of our own mind through a meditation practice or a mantra practice or pranayama practice, and come into our optimal frequency of the jivatma or the individual soul. When we have done that, we then acknowledge the being in front of us, whether it's a tree or a flower or an animal or something in nature that is healthy, that is uh, living its potential, right? This, and I'm talking about entrainment. I'm not talking about how we use things for healing. I will get, hopefully get to that later. Um, 
but something that is living in its fullest potential. And then you learn once you have softened your breath, calibrated the mind, come into a, a balanced nervous system within yourself, then connecting to the frequency of the tree, just like you do to the frequency of the mantra. And allow the frequency of the tree, whether you sit with your back against the tree or you sit facing the tree. First of all, we offer something, always offer, then receive, whether it's water or a little bit of fertilizer or, you know, something to the tree, flower petals, whatever. Um, and then you connect into the frequency of the tree or the frequency of the forest before you. And then you allow that frequency to envelop you just like you do your mantra. And then see if you can soften your skin in that. See if you can soften and listen. Right? We have done the offering. We have done our uh, acknowledgement of our own calibration and where we are and brought that into the highest balance that we can for that moment. And then we need to surrender and to soften, and to calibrate, and to listen. And we can do that with trees. We can do that with flowers. We can do that. And you will get messages, just like we get internal messages from Swami Satsangi and Swami Naranjan when we're able to bring ourselves into that place of entrainment and calibration. Then you start understanding information. You start hearing uh knowledge or wisdom that you wasn't there before um, and the trees will speak to you now it's really important especially at this stage that we're not asking anything of the trees except that if it has something to offer that you are willing to offer it we need the heart needs to listen deeply and speak little okay when we live from the heart we listen deeply and we speak little Okay, the mouth, um, our vocal cords and hearing are connected to Vishuddhi Chakra, which is the portal, which is why mantra is so important to calibrating up into this fifth dimension. But then how do we embody it? How do we anchor it into our reality? And I believe that the way that we have the opportunity to do this is through entrainment in nature. Now, if you do not live in a reality, where you have the ability to have a practice of yoga ecology and entrain to nature, then I, then we, I think we need to ask ourselves why, okay? Because if you do not live in a reality where you are able to cultivate 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day to bring, do a sadhana, do your sadhana, bring yourself into uh, alignment to the best of your ability, and then practice in training to nature whether it's a local park or uh you know a pot plant in your house or something that you can worship something that you can really love because to to open to entrain to it you actually have to open your heart to it which is what softening the skin does because the skin is the giandria for anahat and so to be able to entrain we have to love it we have to really allow ourselves allow our sense of individuality to soften and love it and dissolve into it you know 
And so um, this is a really important part of entrainment. And we need to practice this with guru, with nature, uh, with animals. And it's very interesting when you start then, um, when you start having these messages and you start learning to hear the medicine of or the frequency of or the calibration of a plant or a tree or a space and things like that, you can then, then once you have learned to entrain dharma, then you can start using the same skills to empathetically, not entrain, but to hear the suffering of the land, of people, of animals. The, the, the problem is, the challenge is, is that um, people want to go straight into that uh, straight into that experience. People, people try, um, they go straight to where they are with all of the, their wounding and, and not calibrating out of that third dimensional identification of story. And they go straight into um, trying to fix uh, or heal or hold space for the trauma in others. Um, but what that's actually doing is, is you're trying to hold the space for the trauma and others because you haven't dealt with the trauma inside you yourself. Um, and that is just creates a cycle of um, codependency and caretakership. Um, please don't do that. Um, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that we then do have the tools and the ability to hear and to see the energy body of beings to understand where they are. And um, that is not in training, but it is letting your boundaries down so that you can listen without the filter of the other. And now people have experienced this in, in my asana classes when um, uh, when when I'm teaching or when somebody is observing one of the asana classes in that the languaging directing somebody to shift their body but then consciously shifting your body in the same way actually entrains that person to move their body in a way that didn't before so when you're looking at somebody and you can feel that they're all ungrounded to ground your energy and then cue for them to ground it, but in a way that allows them because you have become the dominant frequency in the room. And in that, you have learned to um, embody what you are asking the other person to entrain to. Now, what happens sometimes with, uh, with um, a lot of people who who identify with caretakership is that they're asking the other person to entrain to something that they have not yet learned how to embody themselves. They're still, their, their frequency is identified with their trauma, asking somebody else to move out of theirs. And it doesn't work because entrainment speaks louder than words. And so when we're asking a student or a client or a family member or an animal, even when you're working the dogs with the sheep, if you are asking that dog to calm down, 
but your energy body is not calm, the dog is going to hear the entrainment to you being the master and it's going to be very confused to your words. Human beings are exactly the same. You cannot ask them to do something and embody something different. Okay? So when we're asking people to entrain to dharma, this is why I believe that a healthy forest or a healthy tree, something that is embodying dharma in nature, is a very important thing to entrain to, especially when we can't get on a plane and go to India and sit in front of Swami Sitsanya Swami Naranjan, who are the human embodiment of dharma. Um, and so this is how we bring it into yoga ecology. When we have embodied the frequencies that are we like for example okay so if we we have entrained out of the frequency of fear and we live in a, an embodiment of trust and of faith an, an embodiment i'm not saying you don't experience fleeting amounts of fear that's just human condition i've already been through that but i'm saying when you embody faith then you can work with people that have anxiety issues because in your ability to shift out of your own, because you're no longer in your own fears and anxieties, they will be able to entrain to trust because you will be embodying it. And so this is why it's so important for us to orientate as yoginis and yogis to orientate a good portion of our day to creating identifying and connecting and entraining two frequencies that embody Dhamma so that we can then hold the embodiment of that for all of the inter other interactions that we have around us. But if we don't have something to calibrate to, then it becomes very challenging to uh, hold space or to teach or um, to parent, you know, how many of us, myself included, you know, you ask your kid to share or to not be angry or to, you know, do something that if you really look closely, you're not doing it either. You know, so I mean, somebody asked when we said a couple of years ago now, I think 2019, um, uh, the children are spending too much time on their screens. How do we get the children to spend less time on their screens? And she said, by you spending less time on your screens <laughs> and all of the parents were like oh put the phone away you know it's like how do you get your child to value a book when they never see you reading one how do you get your child to value being out in the forest if you're sitting on your computer all day how do you get your child you know it's like and what you embody is what you are able to hold space for and what you in train two is the frequency that you will create your reality from. And so really understanding these two directions of energy, right? What are you able to hold space for? And what are you doing to entrain to the higher, the next level of frequency beyond where you are currently at, where I am currently at? These two things are very, very important. So, yeah. Entrainment, practices of, in yoga ecology, tree puja, 
center yourself, do your own sadhana, get your calibration right, get your frequencies of mind right. You know, how you feel after a really good asana class, that's how you want to feel going to do puja. Because then you are in a space where you are able to um, soften those boundaries and calibrate. Okay. Now, understanding, one, one more thing I wanted to mention is this is of a, a, a boundaries. Okay. What I'm talking about here is not a lack of boundaries. It's learning when you don't need them. Okay. When you don't need them is when you are in the presence of a frequency of love higher than you are able to embody. Boundaries is when you are really, you need boundaries when you're not able to hold the calibration that the other person uh, needs to step up into. That's when we get these boundaries where we have to hold our separateness, really. Um, Holding space means that you are able to embody the frequencies that are needed and you are not going to calibrate down into the trauma or into the drama or into the stress that that person is. You are able to hold the frequencies that are needed and allow yourself to be calibrated too. You have to let go of your boundaries to be able to do that, right? But the energy has to flow this way. The energy does not flow that way when this person is, is, or animal or whatever is vibrating at a space that needs to calibrate to the embodiment out of fear, out of guilt, out of anger, out of needing, needing to control. That's when you need boundaries is when you don't have the, the, the um, energy or the awareness to hold the right calibration so you can be entrenched too. That's when you need to have boundaries. Otherwise, boundaries are a tool. They're not a survival mechanism because this work is not about you surviving. <laughs> it's about you evolving. And so boundaries are very important, but sometimes knowing when to step aside those boundaries is also really important. And learning to surrender the ego and surrender the boundaries is also very important. So. I'm really looking forward to the forum uh, this week with your questions. If you have questions, please put them up on there. Um, and if, as always, if you have questions about your sadhana this month, put them up on, on the forum under the sadhana lecture. Um, yeah. Entrainment. What are you entraining to? What are you holding space for entrainment to? Namo Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand. <laughs>